With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This is D. Orlando Ledbetter here with the 231st episode of the Bowtie Chronicles podcast. Everything you need to know about the Atlanta Falcons. We're going to title this episode, To Rebuild or Reboot. That's the main question coming out of the 24-9 loss to the New Orleans Saints uh, on Sunday, where the Falcons dropped to 3-7 and seven on the season. And as far as they're concerned, what happens in New Orleans stays in New Orleans. They can't play like that the rest of the year. It starts up front. It always does. Uh, and in this game, the front line got dominated. The offensive line got dominated. There's no other way around it. You can talk about the timing of the routes and, and uh, uh, first and second down. Those were the excuses that Matt Ryan and Coach Raheem Morris gave after the game. But we saw what we saw. They got beat up front. Their five first-round draft picks got beat up front. The tackles had issues. There's no way to sugarcoat it. They were going against uh, some guys that were not first-round picks. And I think it speaks to the drafting and scouting of linemen and how the Falcons have not done a good job on, certainly on the defensive side of the ball and uh you know, perhaps even the offensive side of the ball. They were beat everywhere. The tackles had problems, but the guards did too. While we, the five five first-round picks, they were going against two first-round picks. Uh, Cam Jordan in 2011. Malcolm Brown uh, was a, a first-round pick by the Patriots in 2015. But the two guys that stood out for the Saints um, – we're third and fourth round picks. And we know we don't have to go back over the misses by the Falcons. Uh, Deidre Sanat was uh, inactive again, third rounder. Uh, John Kaminsky was a fourth rounder. He was out there. But he wasn't doing as much as David Aniyamata, a fourth round pick in 2016 out of Manitoba. He was uh, winning his battles over Lindstrom mostly. He uh, was a double sack guy. Double quarterback hit guy. And Trey Hendrickson, third-round pick out of Florida Atlantic, gave Jake Matthews first-round pick out of Texas A&M Fitz. So it's no way to, uh, you know, you can't say, well, it's all in unison. No, you got to win your battles. They did not do it. No way to sugarcoat it. And even on, on top of those four, they had Marcus Davenport, Coming off the bench, he didn't do much, but he had 30 snaps. So, you know, he's giving the other guys quality rest. So let's review the numbers here. They dropped back 45 times. Got sacked or hit 19 times. That's 42%. 
So, um, you know, you really can't do much. And folks are doing, you know, doing their Matt Ryan meltdowns uh, online. But, I mean, Matt Ryan can't do much when somebody's in his face on 42% of his dropbacks. That's just not going to be, um, you know, a way to win the game. So, it was one of his worst games. We're going to go over his stats. Um, you know, I just had to rant on the offensive line and get started. We're going to hear from Jake Matthews, uh, Matt Ryan. We'll go to the game notes and then take a look ahead to the Raiders. We'll be coming to town on Sunday. And then we'll end with the final note about the offensive line. So let's go ahead and uh, get the audio together. And we'll go to Jake Matthews. He did, he, um, well, I'll let you listen here, but um, he was not real happy after this, after this outing. From your standpoint, what went into the eight sacks? Yeah, we, we we didn't play well. That's completely up there. Um, we we got to regroup, watch the film, and you know felt like we had a solid plan going in, and obviously we didn't didn't execute. The, the numbers speak for themselves. So, um, you know, it, it's it, it makes you angry. You know, you don't want to see your quarterback get hit. And, um, we got to do a lot better job. Uh, Coach Morris said in his post-game press conference he felt like it wasn't on you guys. He felt like it was the receivers not getting open. Just what did you see up there in terms of the, the time that Matt was holding the ball and just how, how tough is that? you got to keep protecting him. But, you know, it, it was some long times of him holding the ball there. Yeah, well, you know, as an offensive lineman, the bottom line is you find a way to get the job done no matter what. And um, it doesn't matter what circumstance there is. So um, they, they did a good job, though. You, you know, they brought a bunch of different packages and stuff that, um, you know, has, you know, pressured. And, um, you know, we, we just had to firm it up more. We uh, were a little all over the place. And we'll have to watch the film and correct. But, yeah, no, it definitely doesn't feel good. You guys came in having won three of the last four and coming off a bye week. Are you surprised today went how it did? I mean, absolutely. We we know we're a good team, and um, yeah, we were in that game early, and unfortunately, it just got away from us. And, you know, just one of those days. There's no excuses. We gotta we gotta bounce back and um, get it fixed because we have the talent and the guys to win. So that's the bottom line. It was close there going into halftime. Uh, the first three drives of the second half were all three and outs. Did they change anything at halftime? Was it a matter of execution? What happened there? Um, honestly, it just felt like an execution thing. We, we weren't executing. We we had looks we wanted to go after, and um, you know we didn't get it done. And it, it's frustrating, and uh, we, we got no choice but to learn from it. So they're, they're a good team, but you know, we're a really good team too. So. We expect a lot more from ourselves. You've seen a lot out of Julio Jones over the years. He's out for most of this game and came back in for that fourth, and I think it was 13, and made the catch. What does that say about him, that he came back in for that one play and made the play? I mean, that's just Julio Jones for you. The guy's a freak. I've never seen another player like him before. And, um, you know, it's really clear why he's a player he is. He's able to do stuff like that. Yeah, just uh, you see these guys again. Uh, in a couple weeks, is that going to just be extra, you know, motivation when the Saints come to Atlanta? Absolutely. I mean, you know, 
we we have the mindset that we should win every game, and um, uh, you know I can't just say enough that it's frustrating, and we expect more from ourselves, and um, we got to learn and, and get better from it. We have no other options, so um, we'll get it fixed. There it is, Jake Matthews saying they're going to get it fixed. Um, you know, after the games, they had, we're going to Microsoft Teams. Uh, that was Justin Felder asking the questions. Uh, on the other side of the, the window, I guess, or, or the podium, uh, you could hear some rumblings of Matt Ryan and Zach Klein in the background, but that's the best audio, best audio we had. So hopefully you fought through that, uh, or, or you know, listen to Jake. Uh, they had to firm up. He admitted they got beat. Um, we know we are a good team. It's what stood out to me. And, uh, you know, uh, they didn't have a good day at the office is basically what he was saying. Uh, Matt Ryan, let's go, let's go right to him. What were the Saints defense doing to bring the heat? Uh, you know what? They did a good job of, um, you know, rushing different, you know, packages the entire day, uh, stressing our pass protection, and they did a good job of covering in the back end. Uh, I got to, you know, tip your hat to them. They played well today. We got to play better in a couple weeks when we see them again, but we'll look at the film tomorrow and, and find ways to be better next week. Everybody talks about that Saints offense, Matt, but is their defense a little under the radar, a little underappreciated, being what they uh, showed today in the last two games against you guys, I think 17 total sacks? Yeah, they're, they're, they're playing well. Uh, there's no doubt about it. And uh, they've been playing playing well all year uh, and giving people trouble at, at different times. So, uh, again, my hat's off to them. I thought they you know, played really well today. we got to find a way to be better in a couple of weeks when we see them. It's a tight game at the half. Uh, any discussions at half to make some adjustments and kind of open up things, a little more creativity when you have well, I think we just need to be better on first down. Uh, in, the, in the third quarter, first and second down, we got behind the chains much, put ourselves in, in really tough uh, third down positions that you're not going to you know, convert at a high clip. So uh, I thought we came out, we didn't play great in the third quarter and, and just got behind you know, in the game, behind in, in the chains a little too much uh, coming out of the half. From the outside, for me, looking at it, you're getting constant pressure. Why not go max pass protection did you do that did you think about making some uh, shorter routes to give you a little bit more time to throw the ball yeah we, we, we did we had uh, some different protection schemes where you know keeping five or keeping six and you know helping with the seventh uh but you know again it just uh, it's one of those days you know we, we've got to find a way to be better you know as we move forward we didn't do a good enough job today it seems like another week we're talking about what julio's absence on the field means to you in this offense he goes down early, doesn't come back. Can you make adjustments on the fly? What were they, if anything possible, knowing that you can't replace a Julio Jones, but you have to? Yeah, I think, you know, it's always tough anytime he goes down uh, because it's, you know, it's hard to replace that production. And it, and it also changes how, you know, teams defend us. But uh, it's not an excuse. we got to, you know, we've got to find a way with the guys that we have out there to, to be better off. And, uh, you know, that's, that's going to take all – you know, all the guys on our offense, 20, you know, 22, 23 guys deep. we got to find a way to, to be productive. Raheem was telling us that he thought you guys had a great week of preparation, great week of uh, practice. Were you disappointed then coming off of a bye, uh, no touchdowns? Yeah. I mean, anytime you don't score touchdowns, you, you're disappointed, whether it's coming off a bye or, or regardless of the week. You know, we do this and, and we work hard. We're, 
you know, our, our responsibility as an offense is to score touchdowns and, and, and score points. We, we were not very good today. We've got to be better, you know, next week. The ground game was tough. Is it just uh, tough sledding up front to the offensive line? Uh, maybe a little bit more out physical today than they had been in games past? I just think, you know, uh, we, we've got to be more efficient on, on, on you know, early uh, early downs, first and second down, to get further into drives. I think we run the football the best as we as we get in uh, into drives, six, eight, ten plays into it. We start to run the football and, and wear people down. And we really, you know, we, we didn't have many drives like that today. You rarely get a uh, second chance in the NFL, an opponent after a tough loss. But I'm sure you and the guys are looking forward to playing the Saints team in a couple weeks at home. For sure. It's going to be a quick turnaround. You know, obviously we've got Vegas next week, and, and uh, they're playing very well, so we've got to, you know, focus on that and be better and, and, and get a win next week. But uh, we'll see these guys in two weeks, and, and uh, we'll hopefully have a different outcome. There he is, Matt Ryan. Uh, after the loss to the New Orleans Saints, got to be better first and second downs. You know, he's not going to talk about his line, not blocking for him. Uh, but, yeah, you could see some of the frustration when they shot to him on the sidelines there. Uh, also, hey, online on AJC.com, we have uh, Foyer Ulakan and Darquez Denard uh, giving the defensive side uh, view of things. Darquez is really good um, talking about Tyson Hill. And, uh, you know, Foyer is really good talking about, uh, you know, Dion. Uh, well, Darquez talked about the job Dion did on uh, Alvin Kamara. Uh, and uh, Fourier talks about, you know, getting off those blocks and getting to the ball faster. They need to get the helmets to the ball. So um, they know the plays. They know uh, what they're going to do, uh, but they got blocked and didn't get off the blocks and so forth. So uh, see how they do in a couple weeks here after the Raiders game. Let's get to these notes here. Uh, got a gym. Uh, my Matt Ryan story had it because um, um, – you know, that, uh, you know, was working a little bit uh, slower a little bit yesterday, but we got it uh, up. We got the, uh, let's just go through the team notes here. The Falcons fall to the Saints 24-9. You know, at the Mercedes-Benz Superdome, the defense limit the Saints to 4 of 11 on third downs. They were 2 of, two of 14, so I don't know why they're bragging on that. Uh, it was, uh, they had the season-high three sacks. So there's that. Ryan was 19 to 37, 51.4%. That's a low for a long time. I'll have to go back on that one too. Uh, for 232 yards and uh, two interceptions. Okay. Uh, he had a passer rating of 48.5, his lowest over 114 games. Have to go all the way back. This was game 198. Uh, have to go all the way back to game 85 when he had a 47.2 pass rating in a 27-13 loss to the uh, Arizona Cardinals October the 27th, 2013. He tossed four interceptions in that game. So it was his worst game since then. Man, uh, that's a lot of ball, a lot of good ball in the middle there, but that was a pretty bad showing by the quarterback. And it's pretty hard to play quarterback when you got people in your face on half of your nearly half of your drop back. So I don't know. The Ryan Bashers uh, 
Uh, they can do that, but, uh, you know, we all know it starts up front. So, Todd Gurley, out of, they, and they didn't go quick game. They didn't go draw. They didn't go screen. They ran some reverses trying to get some misdirection going. But the normal things you do to combat the, uh, you know, losing up front is slowing down the rush with a screen or two. We didn't see Dirk going to a screen game or a draw game. Uh, but they did try to max protect and bring people in. And they still were getting beat. So that's a, that's a problem. Todd Gurley rush for 26 yards on eight carries. Calvin Ridley, five receptions for 90 yards, including a 46-yard interception. So he was back. He came back. Um, but then Julio was in and out of the game. So they were, were not at full strength. And they didn't adjust their routes to go to the quick game when they, you know, they didn't make the admission that, hey, we're getting beat up front. We got to do something. So uh, they just kept saying, hey, keep fighting. We can hear some more help. So they put more water on the fire, but it, it, it didn't put it out. Russell Gage had a uh, team-high seven catches for 58 yards. Grady Jarrett had a season-high seven tackles, uh, half a sack. Charles Harris had two tackles and a sack. Uh, and one pass defense. Yeah, he was dropping in the covers. Then uh, Tyson Hill tried to shoot out to his side, and he made a big play. He shot up there and got him a little sack. Got him a couple yards behind the line, and uh, that's his third sack. Deion Jones uh, recorded six tackles, one tackle for a loss, two quarterback hits, and he had another sack. Uh, he's had a sack in three of the past four games. Fourier Ulakan. Uh, finished with five tackles and one fumble recovery. A.J. Terrell had six tackles. Uh, first career forced fumble. He knocked it off for Tyson Hill late. And speaking of fumbles, that one play where, uh, <laughs> man, Tyson Hill threw that uh, pop-up to, to left field. <laughs> and uh, Emmanuel Sanders came back and got it. Uh, didn't look like uh, they touched him down. He got up. And then Dark Quest came and knocked it off of him, and Keanu got it, and, and you know, that could have changed the game, but the replay showed Neil touched him with touched him down with his left hand, or um, certainly appeared to. So that would have been a big play. That would have maybe, you know, helped them change the game and get it together. So um, that fumble didn't count. But Keanu Neal had a team high, eight tackles. Young, young Wade Koo made three of three. 28, 51, and 52. That 28 is the troublesome one. They got to score in the red zone. They didn't do it. Uh, so they're just, you know, it's, tw it's 11, 10 games in. And if your red zone is 27, that's that's what you are. You're a bad red zone team. Uh, maybe you could do better over the last six games. That's made. Uh, he's made 16 straight field goals. It was the fifth game that he's had at least three field goals this season because the Falcons can't score in the red zone. So good luck for him. Good for him that they at least get the field goals, I guess. You want to half cup, uh, do the half cup thing. Sterling Hoffrichter punted five times for 250 yards, including a career-long 56-yard punt. Coming the third player to punt at least five times and average at least 50 yards per punt in a single season. All right, let's do some stats here. First downs, 14 to 24. Falcons 14, Saints 24. Uh, 
Yeah, they held the Saints to 4 of 11 on third down, but uh, they were 2 of 14. That's never going to get it done. 248 yards, and hey, they came into the game averaging 396 yards. Fifth in the league. That's over 150 yards below your average. 59 offensive plays to 62. Saints uh, with Tyson Hill, the backup quarterback, with the pop gun arm. Uh, 378 yards. Uh, average per play, 4.2 to 6.1. Uh, held the season low, 52 yards rushing. Uh, 168 rushing for the Saints. So that's gonna that's gonna uh, throw the Falcons' rush defense off. Yeah, they were second. No, no, the, the Falcons were sixth at 99.7 a game. So the Saints rushed for, you know, 70 yards more than what the Falcons were giving up. They were six. So, yeah, I was I thought that was suspects because teams, they weren't trying to run on the Falcons because they were giving up so much in the air, 310.3. So, um, pass, that was, this is going to help. They only gave up, that's probably a season low too, 210. So that's 100 yards off the average of what they've been giving up. But, you know, Tyson Hill's not an accomplished passer. But he did complete a lot of his balls against the Falcons. And the Falcons uh, were 196 net passing. So that uh, that's uh, they are 290th in the league. 290, yeah, second in the league. So they're 100 yards. They were 100 yards under their average. So kind of hard to play football when you can't block. At any level. Penalty 7 for 53 for the Falcons. And the Saints 5 for 35. I would have liked to see more holding penalties, quite frankly. Can't let the quarterback get hit that much. I don't know. Tackle the guy when he's going by you. You know, take the penalty. Uh, turnovers 2-1. to one. They lost the turnover battle. Yet if they would got that one, they would have tied it. Uh, we got the punts 5 for 50. Four for 39 for the Saints. TD, zero for the Falcons. Three for the Saints. Field goes three of three. One of two. And here's the uh, other big note. You know, part of the uh, three for four winning streak was a time and possession battle. They were keeping the defense off the field. They tried to do it. They couldn't do it in this game. And eventually, the defense wore down to the runs of Tyson Hill and the catches of Michael Thomas. Uh, they did lock down Kamara. Give him credit now. Uh, but they didn't come back and catch them blooper balls that he was throwing up there. So, uh, the time of possession was 33 minutes and 41 seconds. Seconds to 26 minutes and 19 seconds so um you know there it is those are highlights i think we got them all got them all covered here uh just some of the backup stats julio was in and out two for 39 christian blake two for 28 zacchaeus one for 10 i would like to see him on a couple screens um you know against the uh saints so I don't know what they were doing to take them away from the screen game, but they didn't even try it. So there's, um, you know, our game notes. Last note here, and we're going to get on out of here, is the uh, Raiders, 6-4. and four. Scouted them, did some TV scouting last night. Um, they got the lead against 
the Chiefs, but then they let Mahomes just man, he's he's good. Just came on down the field and scored one thirty-five thirty-one. I don't know how you lose Travis Kelsey in the red zone, but they did. Uh, Mahomes ran out to his right, and Travis was working his way back to a soft zone, and he just threw a dart right in the middle of, you know, the backside corner couldn't rotate over there. It was a late rotation, kind of like an NBA play, uh, and he was wide open in the end zone. So uh, the Falcons have some problems coming up because they got to play the Chiefs and the and the uh, Raiders. The Raiders are first, though, and the problems coming up are those two tight ends because, uh, man, the touchdown to Darren Waller, man, I was like, who can cover that route? I mean, wow. It was, uh, he just did a little circle move, looked like he was going out, and then he broke back to the middle. He was wide open, and Derek Carr hit him. So, yeah, Darren Waller, Derek Carr, Josh Jacobs, there'll be some of the people we'll see. The Abrams kid out of Mississippi State, he's doing pretty good. Kind of uh, started his career at Georgia, so, you know, he's doing pretty good on the defensive side of the ball for the Raiders. So we'll get you going depth on the Raiders on Wednesday. We'll be back for episode 232. And um, lastly, before we close, I just want to mention this. We can go study the line and how it was built and go study the Saints and how their old line was built and more importantly study the D-line because what's happening, they hit on some draft picks in the third and fourth round. The Falcons hit on Grady Jarrett, but uh, they, they, you know, Kaminsky is up, Deidre Sanat is up, uh, you know, uh, those are some of the guys they drafted on the defensive line, and uh, we haven't seen them do much. Or uh, you know, and it's you know, I don't know if it's time to move on or it's not on Kaminsky, I don't think, but Deidre can barely get on the field the last couple of years. And, you know, that's a third round pick and a fourth round pick, and we see here with Trey Henderson was given uh 2017, so that's 17, 18, 19, his fourth year. So it, it could take a while, but uh, uh Yamada, fourth rounder in, in uh 2016, and you know, um, you gotta hit on these picks, you gotta get people that can play football, quit drafting, need draft the best players. We'll see what the uh new regime will do. So that's the key do you rebuild or reboot? And um. This is the sec. I don't want to overreact to the offensive line getting pushed around. However, this is the second time in a row that the Saints have trashed the offensive line. Go back to Thanksgiving last year when they gave up nine sacks. So they actually improved by one sack in this game. So that's the question. Um, uh, you know, seeing some of the names, we had talked about them earlier. Uh, Rick Smith is out there. Reggie McKenzie, Chip Kelly were on our original list of um, potential GM candidates. And, you know, go look and see where, what they've done lineman-wise. That's going to be the key for us. So you got to decide, hey, fans want to rebuild, but it's not possible with the salary cap situation. So the reboot's the way to go, but that's the question after you, um, you know, how much you got to do to catch up to the Saints? You're not close. You haven't been close in the last two games. Uh, yeah, you went and upset them last year, but, you know, that's what it was. It was an upset. They're on their way to their fourth straight NFC title, and you got to catch them. 
So with that, we're going to get on out of here with 231st episode, to rebuild or reboot. That is the question. We're going to um, see it on Wednesday. Preview the New Orleans Saints. Excuse me, the Las Vegas Raiders. We just wrapped up with the Saints. Then we'll be previewing them again in another week. So take care and have a great rest of the week. Music by DJ Magic. In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces, as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com. The AJC's trusted veteran political voices, Greg Bluestein, Patricia Murphy, Tia Mitchell, and Bill Nygut are the essential source for Georgia politics. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution's Politically Georgia. Sign up for the newsletter, download the podcast, subscribe to the AJC.